Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 17 of season three. Today, I have Paige Kiner on the show. She is a pop artist located in Nashville, Tennessee, originally from Orlando, Florida, which is very near and dear to my heart as I have family there and have visited quite a few times. So Paige's music is pretty awesome, guys. I really love her vibe because she's got a early 2000s throwback vibe, right? So think of your favorite pop artists from that time period, such as like Michelle Branch and Avril Lavigne, and pair it with bands like Paramore and The Killers and The Goo Goo Dolls. That is Paige's home base right in there, okay? so. She's been releasing music since she was 18 years old. She's played countless shows across the country and has amassed over about 3 million music video views. And so I got to sit down with her and and talk to her about her music and upcoming releases and everything that she has going on. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode. It was super throwback and nostalgic for me. So uh, before we before we jump right into the interview, I'm going to play you a little bit of Paige's music. The song that I'm about to play for you is called Crying in the Drive-Thru. And if you've never had a day like that, where literally everything just went completely sideways, and you found yourself crying in a drive-thru just trying to order a drink, then I envy you. Because I too have found myself crying in a drive-thru. So for all of us who have found ourselves crying in a drive-thru, this song is for you by Paige Kiner. Enjoy. Happy and well adjusted All done with self-destruction I was in a good place when you came around I thought you were really something Call it a lapse in judgment All good until it wasn't And here we are try to I end up crying in the drive-thru now I'm freaking out the cashier they don't want to be here listening to what you put me through I should have stayed in hiding I got a line of cars behind me I know they're probably all impatient I can't say I blame them wish that I could just get over you instead of crying in the drive-thru Welcome, everyone, to Paradox Jukebox. Today on the show, I have Paige Kiner. Paige, how are you? I'm so great. Happy to be here. I am so happy that you are here. I am I am so excited to hear about some of this music that I have been listening to. Um, so as I was reading through your bio, like you're touching on all of these like early 2000s pop artists that I grew up listening to. So like your music is my music and I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Yes, yes. And and I really hear a lot of the influences that you've mentioned like on your website, like, you know, the Killers, Paramore, Goo Goo Dolls, Avril Lavigne. Um, but I wanted to ask you before we even really get into this interview, have you ever listened to Dido? I really haven't. I mean, I know of Dido, but okay. 
Okay, I had to ask this because what, hang on, what song was I just, it was Sip. I was listening to Sip just before we got on this on this call, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, I am hearing some hardcore Dido vibes right now. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I need to, I'll have to check that music out. Yeah, I will. I will send you a link to like a couple of songs that I really heard kind of come through in Sip. So I think that's so interesting that like, like I know you know who she is, but maybe you haven't like really listened to her. But yeah, you have some hardcore Dido vibes, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's you know let's kind of I'm gonna dial it back for a second. I've had a lot of coffee, and I'm getting really excited. I feel that. <laughs> so can you can you give our listenership just a brief origin story about like, you know, growing up in Orlando and how you came into music at such an early age? Yeah, absolutely. So music has been not only a part of my life, but basically my whole life for a very long time, over half of my life, I would say. Right. Um, I was really young when I started taking piano lessons. My dad had this rule that all of the kids had to learn an instrument. Um, so my sister learned violin and I took piano. And um, I just, I loved music, but I quickly decided that I didn't love practicing <laughs> like my <laughs> classical pieces that I was trying to learn. Um, and then eventually, one day I think my teacher could kind of like see that I wasn't really that into it and so he asked me like what I listened to and like my favorite song at the time was How to Save a Life by the Fray which has an amazing piano part obviously and so um I learned that and that was like my first time singing and playing and then I just started singing and playing tons of songs on the piano um and then I picked up the guitar and when I started playing guitar that's when my songwriting like really started to take off for me, I would say. Um, it just became like a huge focus. And now I would even say like, I'm not as good. I, I can hold my own on the guitar for sure, but I'm not as good of a guitar player as I feel like I could be at this moment because I've been playing for so long, but like I started writing and then songwriting just became the only thing I cared about. And right. so like, instead of being as like intense about like technical, the technical side of playing, I was like, I just want to write songs. So that's kind of like I play keys and I play guitar, but singing and songwriting are like where I feel like I shine the most. Sure. Um, but yeah, growing up in Orlando, the music scene there, I feel like it was a small but very dedicated pool. Um, I played a lot of shows. I played a lot of really long shows. I would be like 15 playing four hour cover gigs, like just Damn. me and acoustic guitar. Yeah, which it was fun and it was definitely a great experience. Um, I don't do too many long gigs like that these days just because I'd rather play my original material, but um, you know, it was definitely a good experience and like good for the stamina. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so playing Broadway is not your bag. <laughs> no, not, not for me, but props to anyone who can withstand that. I, I can't even imagine how exhausting. Well, I can, cause I played in a cover band in college and we would do like four hour sets, like in the cold and in the rain and just like ending at like two in the morning. So right. <laughs> I couldn't do that now. <laughs> Right. So was that the band that uh, that you were doing, like the Blink-182, Green Day, Good Charlotte stuff? Yes. And yeah. That was such a fun time. I It was so funny. Like I had all purple hair at the time and I was playing in this 
punk band um and i was also the president of my sorority at the time so like all of my sorority sisters would like come out to these like crusty bars to see <laughs> me play and it was like the bars we always went to but it was just so funny to like have the these like girly girls like coming out and <laughs> supporting that yeah that's amazing what was the name of that band it was called all in favor all yeah in favor yeah yeah, that that has definitely kind of like a good Charlotte vibe for sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like coming up with band names is so hard. Like I have my boyfriend and I have like a list. I couldn't even tell you one of them now. But like if we think of a either really good or really terrible band name, we'll like write it down. <laughs> and it's just such a fun game. But I have this theory that every band name, like until it becomes a real band and it's like committed, like every band name that you suggest is just going to be stupid. Like it's sure. not it's not going to hit. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's fair. My uh, my sister's boyfriend, <laughs> he just started up a new band and they were trying to figure out what the name was going to be. And he was driving this Ford Ranger that they had all nicknamed the Danger Ranger because <laughs> it was literally it was dangerous to drive. Right. And my sister was like, actually, that's a pretty sweet band name. And he goes, oh, my God. And <laughs> thus was born Danger Ranger. <laughs> I love that. I mean, if it has a rhyme, you just can't really go wrong, I feel like. Truth. Truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're like a an up upbeat like dance party band. Like they have a really cool vibe. So um can you like so if you have a running list, can you name like one of the craziest band names that's on that list? Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> there's one that we like always talk about and I can't remember what it was, but it's just the most random things like this one's not even that funny but like we were out somewhere and I don't even know who we were with but I was like man I really need some Advil I have a headache and the person that we were with was like oh I have loose pills in my purse and we were like <laughs> loose pills that's loose a great pills. band name and I feel like that band actually does exist we looked on Spotify and there is a band called loose pills no way <laughs> yeah I didn't listen to them but I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Inspiration is everywhere. It is. It truly is. Um, I was out with some friends once and randomly one of the girls that we were with, she reaches down below the table and she picks up a Bud Light off the floor and it's unopened. Oh my gosh. Just, and it was still cold. It was just sitting there. Like we had just sat down and she goes, uh... And my sister was like, oh, my God, it's a floor beer. Oh, floor beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you just never know it's, when it, someone's going to say something weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> OK, so growing up in Orlando, you, you were playing those four hour cover shows. So talk to me about the progression from playing in Orlando to getting to Nashville. What did that part of your life look like? Yeah, um, I feel like it was a lot of years that led up to ending up in Nashville. Like I was in Orlando and like I said, I was playing these long gigs um, and I was working with a guitar teacher who was also a producer at the time. He's still a producer, but um, at the time I was working with a guitar teacher slash producer and I started showing him my songs and he was like a mentor to me. Um, his name is Michael Walker and he's amazing. But um, he and I recorded my first EP, which is called Throne. 
and um that came out in 2014 and i think that it still slaps to this day yeah. like i feel like a lot of people some of my like previous work i'm like <laughs> but that one holds up that ep <laughs> holds up and i really like it still um but yeah it was just a lot of songs that i wrote about boys who hurt my feelings and i think that you know the trend continues but um <laughs> sure <laughs> it's a great it's a great topic for a song any song multiple songs but um yeah so i recorded that ep i put that out and then the next year i went to college and i moved to virginia for school um, I went to UVA, Go Who's, and that's where I played in that pop punk band, and I was in an acapella group and a choir, and I just did like everything music that I could find. Um, and during that time, I was still releasing singles. Um, so I was kind of like on a musical evolution journey throughout that time of like, I started my first EP was kind of more pop rock vibes. Um, and then beyond that, I was like, okay, well, what do people like? Like, I was like, what do people like listening to? I didn't really think about it as much of like, what do I like listening to? I was kind of like, okay, like what's popular? Let me see if I could like try to like be a little more pop or like lean in a different way and just like see how that feels to me. Um, and it was definitely a really fun experiment and I like the music that came out of it. Um, but like my musical evolution has been a long, process and i feel like just in this last year or so after like being in nashville and finding kind of my camp of co-writers that i work well with and my producer who really understands me and like what i'm going for um now is when i feel like okay like my artistry is like the truest form that it's ever been which i'm really really proud of and happy to share um but yeah, I was in, I'm jumping all over the place in this story. So hopefully people can follow my train of thought. You're but um, yeah, I was in school in Virginia. And then my summer before my last year there, um, I came to Nashville and I spent the summer here interning and co-writing and performing. And it was very um, like eye-opening to what the community is like here and just how many amazing people and uh, collaboration opportunities there are. Um, and I just, I knew I wanted to pursue my artistry and songwriting. And so I said, okay, well, I guess it's Nashville or LA. And at least I've been to Nashville before. So right. I ended up moving here. I got in a U-Haul the day after I graduated and I've been here since 2019. Obviously COVID kind of threw things off for a while. Um, sure. I went back home to Florida for about a year, but the connections I made in the first like eight months of living here have persisted and I've just met more people along the way and it's been great. That's amazing. That's, that's really cool. I love that you were literally in a U-Haul the day after you graduated. <laughs> Immediately. Like wasted it. no time. <laughs> that's awesome. That is super cool. So, you know, as a, you know, more of like a, a pop artist that's in the Nashville scene. Um, and, and I like to talk to a lot of artists that are in Nashville that are not in a country genre of any kind. Mm -hmm. um, how do you find being able to like book shows and things like that in Nashville? It Does it like, do you feel like it took you a while to kind of figure out where to market yourself or were you able to kind of fall in kind of quickly? Um, I mean, I do feel like uh the pop scene here and just like different genres are growing so much 
Um, even when I first moved here, I didn't feel like, oh no, I can only find like country gigs or like country collaborators. Like people are kind of all mixed in here. And um, like, like I said, there are a lot of great pop acts coming out of here um, and great writers, especially. And I've had the privilege to be their friend and their collaborator, which is awesome. But um, in terms of marketing myself, I feel like just being immersed here and like meeting people through sessions or through going to shows you kind of find who's organizing pop shows and there are some pop communities here that put on shows um and of course like you can go ahead and book your own show and book your openers and put that whole thing on yourself but i haven't found it too hard i think you just have to look and you'll find everybody <laughs> sure sure well and I think that that is one of the things that is kind of a common misconception about Nashville. And that's why I asked mm -hmm. because everybody is convinced that it's just country music everywhere. And it's really not. Yeah. Um, especially in, in the last decade, it's become just music city. Right. And, you know, to, to a lot of like the touristy people, obviously, you know, if they're traipsing up and down Broadway, all they're going to get is those country tunes. But you go outside of Broadway, especially into East Nashville. I mean, mm -hmm walk into the five spot you never know what kind of genre you're gonna hit yeah it's awesome it's very cool i think there people definitely do have that perception that it's all country and like i don't think anyone is coming here for a vacation to hear other types of music like they're coming here because they like country music or i guess even like rock music to some degree mm -hmm. um but mostly country like and that songwriter vibe of wanting to see like songwriters in the wild yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that it's growing a lot and there's really room for people who are doing not only pop, but just like whatever they want. Um, and it's appreciated by everybody. So, yeah, absolutely. So can you talk to me about your writing process? Like what when you sit down, like are, are you always co-writing or do you prefer to write solo? What is what is kind of your process there? Yeah, I started out really just writing solo like when i first started when i was like 13. um and until i moved here that first summer in 2018 i hadn't really been doing much co-writing i was mostly solo writing everything um but then like once you meet some really good co-writers and you end up with the best songs that you've ever made you're like okay yeah two heads are better than one and so it's also just so fun when you're writing with your friends and collaborating with them and everyone's just kind of hyping each other up and wanting to see the other people win and just like be a part of something that's on the rise. It's really cool. Um, yeah, so I would say I mostly co-write these days. Sometimes I'll like start something by myself, but if I like how it's turning out, I'm like, okay, I want to bring this to so-and-so because they are going to help me be able to finish it way better than I could do by myself. Um, but I think there's still like a lot of beauty in solo writing and it's a skill that I probably need to more intentionally practice just because you can get out of practice writing by yourself, just like you can get out of practice writing in general. Like I um, have really been in a release mode since last fall and I'm starting to write for myself again for future projects. And I'm like, man, I'm like a little rusty. My brain is not braining yeah. like, when it comes to thinking of new ideas, but I know it's just kind of like a seasonal thing. Um, but I feel like the way things are now, like we don't have that like album release cycle, like as an independent artist, you're just always in like 
creation mode and promotion mode, like and touring mode. Like there's never really like, okay, right now I'm recording and I'm kind of like hiding away. And then the next season is going to be touring the album and promoting it. And then I'm going to like hide away and write again. Like, I feel like that would be ideal, but I also don't feel like I and other independent artists necessarily have the luxury to compartmentalize things that way. Um, sure. But I did kind of slow down writing while I, um, promoting the new music, which was necessary for my sanity, but getting back to it now. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's so interesting that, that you say that. So I was, um, I was just on an interview with Anastasia Elliott and we were talking about the pressure of social media for artists and how it's just, it, social media is such a monster, but mm -hmm. you know, can you, can you talk more about, you know, trying to balance, you know, being in a creative headspace, being in a touring headspace and a promoting headspace, like how do you find your balance? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that myself and a lot of people really struggle with here while we're pursuing this path. Like you really have to wear a lot of hats and um, it's easy to kind of lose sight of the progress you're making when there's so many different areas that need your attention. Um, so I would say like to find my balance, I just really try to pay attention to those small wins and like appreciate, okay, I wrote a great song today. That's a win for the day. Even if I didn't have a viral video, like I, I created something cool or like, oh, I'm going to post this video and see how it does. And like, you kind of have to learn to not put too much stock in any one thing that you're putting out there because I, I mean, I have not had a viral moment. I hope that I am so lucky one day, but um, <laughs> even just thinking of it as like trying to build community and like putting yourself out there to be found, like even if a hundred people see my video, that's a hundred people that maybe didn't know me before. And like, I think it really does come down to that perspective of like, okay, I wish the needle would just like jump, but I'm at least moving the needle a little bit with each thing that I do. I think that's a really healthy way to look at, you know, trying to balance all of those entities because it's hard, right? You know, mm -hmm. from one day to the next, maybe you get the small win because, you know, you write that great song, but then like you have a video that flops. I mean, it it is such a roller coaster that our poor, our poor little minds are on <laughs> it, 
trying to navigate this business. So um, thank you for your insight and and your input, because on, on this show, you know, we try to bring as much of an educational piece for singers and songwriters and artists that are trying to, you know, further their career. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a good chance that that your insight is going to help somebody and it's going to resonate. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. I think that like, there's so much that you have to learn just by doing it and by struggling a little bit. I think like something that has been a game changer for me, and this is not easy to do, but like finding the people who believe in what you're doing and want to be a part of what you're doing and support you, even if it's just a friend who looks at your TikTok that you're about to post and like tells you that it's cool or a producer that really gets what you're doing or just a co-writer who gets what you're doing. Um, you know, just having like, everyone's like, yeah, you gotta like build a team around you, which it's like, okay, well, how do I do that? I think that just like putting yourself in those situations to meet new people and just like being your authentic self of, sharing what you're trying to do and what your sound is and just who you are is going to attract those people to you and eventually it's just going to become clear and you'll wake up and be like oh my gosh i have these people around me that make things a lot easier even when it's hard yeah yeah absolutely you're you're so right you know having having the right people in your circle to help lift you up especially on on those days when you feel like you're not doing anything right Mm -hmm. you know and and unfortunately for independent artists, I think those days are more often than not. And yeah. so having a having a positive circle of people to influence your mindset are it's it's paramount. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about your songwriting as we're, you know, kind of, you know, talking about your processes and things. So um I think the first one I want to talk about is And Then You Die. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The imagery in this song is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So I was listening to it and I'm just like, like, I don't know if I should be sad, but I want to laugh because it's so funny. (laughs) Like the sarcasm is so thick and I love it. Um, So can you talk to me about that particular song and like what was the what was the catalyst for this (laughs) oh my gosh honestly like okay so I put the song out with my friend and collaborator Spencer Jordan who is an amazing songwriter and artist himself um so if you're listening definitely go check his music out too because he's 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 the one he's doing great great things but um yeah we went in to write the song me Spencer and then two more co-writers, Chucky and Michael Aiello, who are also awesome Nashville-based songwriters and they're twins. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we went in the room and we were kind of talking and not really sure what to write about. And we just started like, if you get songwriters in a room and they don't know what to write about, they're going to start philosophizing on life. Um, That's just what's going to happen. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie, it's like if if you give a songwriter an existential crisis like we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna write about it um (laughs) and so we just came in the room and we didn't really know what to write and we were talking about what we did that weekend because it was a monday and spencer was like i went to a wedding and i was like oh i went to a funeral and we were like that's weird that's weird how life is like that and so we just kind of started thinking about those like milestones in life and that you just don't really know what's going to happen and you can't really control anything so you might as well just enjoy the ride and that like 
Spencer just said, well, nothing makes sense and then you die. And we just <laughs> thought it was so funny and ended up writing the song from this weird perspective of like, yeah, that's kind of comforting to know that nothing, it's never that deep. Like you're going to be fine. You're going to yeah. die one day. So you might as well have fun now. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, people either love, love, love the song or they're like, I don't get it. It's really morbid. <laughs> Most people who don't get it and think that it's morbid are like older people. Sure. Um, which that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but right. I, I mean, it just depends on the person if they're going to like it or not. And like, maybe not everyone wants to take that perspective. But personally, I find it hilarious. And yeah. it helps me like from day to day of being like, stop freaking out. It's fine. In the grand scheme of things, you're okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and that is... I think that's the the message that, you know, that people need to take away from the song is that like life is short and then you die, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like everything <laughs> really is okay. You don't have to freak out. Exactly. Right? Um, I just I, I really loved, like I said, the imagery in that. And I as I kept listening, the more I kept laughing. So if if the, if people listen to this song and they think that it's dark and twisted, then I guess I have a dark and twisted sense of humor. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. Like it, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. I don't think that it's dark and twisted. I think it's just because it's talking about dying, but like it's really talking about living and what's important in your life and what's not really that important and what you should let go. Like you should let go of worrying if you're not in the same place as your friends, like at this point in life, or you know, just like your progress and where you think you should be. Just be where you are, you know. Just be where you are. Can we put that on a t-shirt? Please? <laughs> I Maybe. Next merch item. <laughs> I, I think you need to put that on a t-shirt, friend. I really do. Like, Aww. put yes, that is that is sage and wise advice. Just well, be thank you. where you are. <laughs> For all of our artist friends that are listening, you heard it here first. Okay? Paige said, just be where you are. <laughs> all right. Um. So... Next, I want to talk about the track that I'm going to feature on this particular episode, which is, again, I love this imagery, crying in the drive-thru. Yes. <laughs> All right. So talk to me about this song, friend. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, it's about crying in the drive-thru. So there's that. But um, I basically, I don't even remember what I was crying about. This is, it's a true story. <laughs> I did cry in the McDonald's drive-thru on West End here in Nashville. Okay. So, and like, I just remember feeling so pathetic. I was like, this is the most embarrassing place I could be crying. Because like the cashier saw me crying and they just looked so scared and they didn't know what to say. Oh, no. um, like I feel like some people who have had an experience of crying in a drive through say that the cashier was super nice and like gave them their food for free or something. No, I just got a weird look, but that's okay. It's fine. Um, but yeah, the song is basically about not being able to contain your emotions after a breakup and you want to go out and continue with life and go get yourself a large Diet Coke with light ice at the McDonald's drive-thru. But then you just are reminded of that person and the tears just start flowing, you know? So oh. it's just, it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> and um, I like to I like to laugh at myself and the silly situations that I'm in. And that song is just an example of that. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Well, I would. So as I was listening to this, I'm think I was thinking like, I wonder if she actually was in a drive-through crying because I feel like at some point in most females' lives, they have a moment where maybe they're not sitting in a in a drive-through crying, but they're definitely in a public place. Mm-hmm. You know, like the most random places, like a library or something like that. Yeah. So, would you consider yourself to be like a a super emotional human being? Not really. Like, I feel like I write all my emotions out of me and have been doing that for a long time. But sometimes you just got to cry. And yeah. maybe it's going to be in the McDonald's drive through. Maybe it's going to be at the Kroger. Like, I don't know. But if I see anyone listening to this crying in public, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say, you do you. Yeah. Let it out. <laughs> well, that's very healthy of you to get all of your emotion out through writing. I am not so fortunate. I'm a very emotional person and I will cry at the drop of a hat sometimes. It's just it's just weird and random. But yeah. And what's what's really weird is that the majority of the time if I cry, it's happy tears. I cry more when I'm happy than when I'm sad. That's the best. It it's cool and sometimes it freaks people out. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. That's sweet. <laughs> my mom is a happy crier too, so I say like if i get her a gift my goal is for her to cry <laughs> like when she opens you know the you gift. did good yeah exactly yeah okay yeah that to see to me that makes sense but i've i've spoken with a bunch of people at length about like being a happy crier and they're like no that is the weirdest thing in the world i'm like okay i it guess it feels good to happy cry like i haven't happy cried too often but like I was at my friend's wedding and I was crying because I was just so happy for her. And I was like, wow, this is such a weird feeling, but it's so nice. It's different, right? It's, yeah. I, I almost feel like I release more energy when I happy cry than when I sad cry. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it, it, I get a I get a rush of endorphins, I guess, when I happy cry. Yeah. Um, You're just letting your feelings out. Yeah. Better than holding them in truth that's you know it's what my therapist says <laughs> yeah um <laughs> uh, okay so um you know you said that you have quite a few releases that are coming up yeah and so i know that we're we're featuring uh crying in the drive through but can you talk about maybe some of this new music that is coming out and what we can expect yeah absolutely so my next song actually i have not announced this anywhere so you heard it here first the next song comes out on june 9th um it's called 65 in la and it's definitely kind of a different vibe it's definitely different from crying in the drive-thru it's more of like a bittersweet um kind of softer like feels like summertime sunset ballad energy i guess is the best way to explain it but it's about um wishing someone the best even though they're not in your life anymore and it's just a sweet song so i'm excited to put that out there um and i've kind of been on a little bit of a break from releases for the past couple of months just like regrouping after releasing a lot and touring in the fall and then releasing more music and playing a big show in january um slash february so I've been regrouping, but I'm getting back to it. And so June 9th is the next song. And then I have two more after that. And it will be, my whole EP will be out at that point. So I'm excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, So what was this big show back in January? Yeah, I played, I actually opened for another artist. Her name is Sophie Shreds. Um, She's a hyper pop artist here in Nashville. She's great. 
Um, we played the East Room here in Nashville, in East Nashville. Um, and it was super fun. It was just like, it was a really big show to me um, just because it was the first time like with my whole band like configuration, the way that I want things to be going forward, if that makes sense. So like sure. figuring out who's playing and having tracks and having lights and like having in-ear monitors. Like I had never used in-ears before and I used them for the first time. And it was really cool to be able to just like have everything coming straight to my ears. Um, which I'm like, okay, I see why people do that. So yeah. yeah, it was just cool to have, like, it felt like it was a lot of things that I've been working on coming to fruition. Um, and just like, I played the whole EP down, um, which was really fun. And I'm hoping to do another EP show, like an, an EP release show once the EP's out, um, probably in August. So very cool. Working on that. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So talk to me about your stage production. Like what is the instrumentation? What's, what's that pr whole production look like for you? Yeah. Um, I love a full band. If I can have a drummer and another guitarist and a keys player, um, it's always the best, but this last this last show, I feel like we really had it dialed in. And so I'll probably continue with this configuration for the foreseeable future, but we have tracks. Um, I have a synth player who's also my producer and I don't know what I would do without him, <laughs> like <laughs> running all of the technology side. Like I wish I was a technology girl, but I'm just not <laughs> like I want to be, but it's just not in the cards for me, but <laughs> slowly but surely learning as I go. I can set up like a simple setup, but all of the like wires and crazy stuff that he like deals with, I'm like, okay, I'm so <laughs> thankful for you doing all that. Right. Um, but yeah, and then I have a drummer and usually another guitarist, and then I also play guitar on some of the songs. So yes, cool. that's basically kind of the layout right now, but the tracks make a huge difference. And it's really funny because um like when i was like 15 and starting to play in bands i was like i don't want to use tracks i want to be authentic and all of the instruments will be played in real time whatever and i'm like silly silly little girl <laughs> like, <laughs> no offense if anyone prefers that there's definitely like a beautiful magic in doing that but i think like I worked so hard on the production with my producer and like, I feel like having all of that extra energy that you can put in the tracks makes a huge difference and just like brings the songs to life more uh, similar to the original intention, which is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have, I have friends that are from both schools of thought of like, you mm -hmm. know, no tracks versus all the tracks. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's unique to every artist and it should be unique to every artist because like my band, for example, as of right now with our original stuff, it's it's just live instrumentation. Mm -hmm. But my friend Will, who is in a three piece, plays with tracks, and and it just it it elevates all of that music, right? And and because Will is, you know, he's one of those producers where he will play multiple instruments. I mean, you can't you can't always afford even to have like a 10 piece band. Right. Right. So, you yeah. know, you, using tracks can really just a help you realize that initial production and, you know, bring it to fruition in a live setting, which is freaking sweet. But mm -hmm. then also too monetarily, 
it also kind of saves your your bank account a little bit so you're not paying out the yeah it definitely lets you have more configurations of your band like if i ever had to go travel somewhere and just have it be myself and a drummer or like myself and my synth player like i could make that work with everything else being in the tracks obviously more live musicians the better because the energy is better that way but i think like making things as flexible for yourself as possible so you don't have to turn down a cool show because of finances or because of getting four people to be able to travel somewhere um it just kind of opens up the possibilities but yeah i completely agree i think like when like for me it just makes the most sense for my music and like the kind of performance that I want to do to incorporate the tracks. But like for some people, they're just all about the organic vibes and it just wouldn't make sense. And so you really just have to go off of what is the best fit for your style and your music, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, that's, that's part of that authenticity piece, right? You know, is doing what suits you best and not really giving a shit about whether or not it fits somebody else. Exactly. That's important. It's highly important. So, well, good for you. Um, so do you have any, uh, do you have any big shows coming up this year? Any festivals or anything? I am playing a, um, really cool festival here in Nashville on July 1st at the Dive Motel. Um, it's all like female fronted bands, so it'll be really fun. And, um, it's like all day long at this motel that has a pool. And so you basically just pay for your day pass and then you can just like hang out in the pool and listen to amazing people play music. So I'm excited for that. That sounds like a fantastic day. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. So July 1st, fantastic. Um, Anastasia's on that bill too, isn't she? She is. Yeah. I'm super excited. And then um, obviously there's no official date, but hopefully an EP release show in the fall. Awesome. Awesome. So um, at Music on on the Move, which is our umbrella company here, we have a Spotify playlist where we will put new releases on every single Friday, right? So as soon as your releases come out, Please let us know. We would love to put your music on on the uh, the playlist, and then also to you know we'll we'll post it on socials and all of that stuff too. So um, yay! Just really excited for for your new music that's coming out, and uh, I just I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today and talk about your music and your artistry, and uh, just really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been super fun. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I end up crying in the Paige, thank you so very much for coming onto the show and talking about your music. I had such a great time. 
just reminiscing with all of this nostalgia. I absolutely loved it. So if you are a fan of Paige's music and you'd like to hear more, please check out the links in our show notes. Go and support Paige. Find her music on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And as always, please remember to give us a like and a subscribe. Share this podcast with your friends. We are getting close to wrapping up season three. Only a few more artists to go. And so if you have any artists that you'd like to hear in season four, now's the time to start, you know, telling them like, hey, I got this podcast you should totally submit to. You can find us at info at musiconthemovestudios.com. See you next time.